I miss my commute because I'm way behind on my podcasts. I miss my softball team. My class, my friends Jameson, Alex, and Eli. I miss my teachers, teachers, and I miss school. I really miss going to the dog parks. I know that we can't, it kind of sucks. Something I really miss is the entire Epic community and seeing all my friends. I miss racing and swim meets. I miss softball. Yay! I miss my friends. Something I miss is um, lacrosse and swim practice and my friends. I miss uh, my friends. I really miss haircuts and um, being able to interact with people at church. I miss sending the children to the grandparents. I miss Uncle Finney, Uncle Fans. I miss to go other places other than just my home and neighborhood. Going to Jimmy Lee, going to school, and I miss hanging out with a lot of my friends and stuff like that, and going to the mall. Uh, playing with my friends and going to school. I miss libraries. Miss not um, being able to do soccer. One thing I'm missing is my friends and my family. My teacher. I miss going to Nina Papa's pool. Good morning, Woodland Hills. What do you miss? I'll tell you this. Just watching that film there, saw two of my grandkids up there. Oh, I'm turning into an old sentimental grandpa. <laughs> I miss my grandkids. Ah, I haven't got a granddaughter. A new granddaughter I haven't held yet. Right, Tisha? I miss us getting together. I miss the tap parties. A whole lot. Uh, In this period of time that we're going through, that is uh, tough and grieving. In the midst of that, I got to say this. Uh, one of the things that I, that I, in the midst of so much negativity, and I'll talk a little more about negativity here in a little bit, but uh, I'm really just delighted with Woodland Hills. Uh, it's one of the bright spots of my life. I, I just, uh, the way the ministry is thriving, e- even in this situation here. Yeah, we can't get together, and we, we you know, there's a lot of loss here, but uh, there's a lot of kingdom stuff that's going on that's really beautiful, and even some new kingdom stuff that's going on. Uh, it's changing us in some ways, I think, for the better. So, so praise God for that. Uh, on that note, I want to say thanks to Dan and Oshida and David Morrow, who preached that excellent message last week, and, and Shauna. Uh, these folks have just done such a great job. We are blessed to have this, this cadre of young people that are so gifted, and that's well, another one of the bright spots of Woodland Hills Church, so hats off to, 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 to that crowd. Also, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, they, we have this thing on Tuesdays called MuseCast. And it is really, uh, they have great chemistry together, and they just talk about, they go deeper with the sermons. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty incredible stuff. So hello to all you. Uh, I want to welcome newcomers who are visiting us. I hear that we're getting some newcomers now and then uh, on each of our, our services. I want to give a special hello, just so I can embarrass her, to Whitney. Hi, Whitney. 
Uh, she is the bartender at the Nook, and Nathan and I go there every Wednesday, and now they're doing takeout, so we're going to do our takeout, and we got to see her last week. So hello, it's good to have you visit us here. Okay, I, I, I will start with a confession. Um, you know, when we first started this pandemic thing, we started this pandemic thing uh, eight weeks ago or whatever it was, uh, one of the first messages I talked about giving thanks and the importance of gratitude, and especially in times of negativity, to uh, be, you know, every good gift comes from the Father above, James 1.17. And so we want to be, you know, thanking God for every good thing that comes our way. Uh, and, and, and that's a wonderful message, and it's a true message. And, and there's all the science that shows that, that you know, gratitude is the key to happiness. And so stay happy by being grateful. And I, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I did that pretty well for the first two weeks. And then the kidney stones hit. And I will admit to you that uh, I stopped giving thanks. <laughs> like, not, not, not rejoicing always in the Lord. No, the, I went from, oh, the, thank you, God, for the birds and the bees and the sun and the wind and the people and, oh, there's so many things. And then the next moment, I'm like, oh, there's it. I was like, David showed that picture of the scream, Edward Munch's The Scream. I can't, do we, can we show that here? That's basically a photo of me as I'm, I'm dealing with kidney stones. Ah, what is this? And I didn't know that that was originally called the, 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 the scream of nature. Uh, David said that last week. Because you can't escape the horrors of nature, and when you have kidney stones, you're aware that you cannot escape the horrors of nature. Oh, uh, it was, it was uh, someone describes it as, as having a, someone sticking a dagger in your back, and whatever they want, they can turn it, in which case you will urinate shard glass. That kind of describes it right there. If you're obsessing with uh, Corona-19 and you want to find a way to kind of get your mind off of all that's going on, get kidney stones. I encourage it because you'll forget about COVID-19. In fact, you'll pray for it. <laughs> Take me now, Lord. It's, uh, so so I, I, this had happened like four weeks ago, and, and I, I spoke with you a couple weeks ago. I had gone through the first process of getting this kidney stone removed. Um, it didn't work. It didn't get at all, so I had to go back again. And, and the second operation was uh, more uh, intrusive. It was a more intrusive operation. Uh, here I want to appeal to the men in the crowd, and I want some man pity here, all right? Because this, this procedure, uh, where I to describe it to you, you can look it up, uh, it, 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 you would have the re every guy would have the kind of reaction that they have all the time on Funny Stone videos when someone takes it in the family jewels. It makes you get weak in the knees. Oh, what? Yes, it, it's... It involves, and I'm not going to go into detail, and we're in a family context here, so I will be discreet, uh, but um, it involves uh, having a, a splint, they call it, and it attaches to your bladder, and, and it's to ensure that the stones can't block your bladder, which is a good thing, because that could kill you, and then it winds all the way down through your urethra, and, and that's a wonderful thing, but the whole time I had it in, it feels like you have an alien inside, so there's that, and getting it in isn't a problem, because you're, you're, you know, you're knocked out, but taking it out this long it's 13 inches with 12 inches of string. And, and when you take it out, you're awake. In fact, you have to do it. You have to do it yourself. It was, it was, oh, I'm just telling you, it was. Okay, so you don't want to get kidney stones. You already know I'm a wuss. I cry when I got a tattoo on my back. So there, but I'm telling you, this is not fun. Uh, to be honest with you, it kind of knocked me on my butt. Um, not just physically, it was that, but uh, something about that ordeal has just left me kind of flat. Uh, blah. You know, you ever just do the blah? I got the blahs. 
My life requires a lot of my own initiative, uh, and usually I have more than enough to go around. I typically have sleep four or five hours a night. As my wife has always been that way. I wake up and I'm excited to get to the next uh, book I'm reading or book I'm writing or research I'm doing or problem I got to solve or whatever. But there's uh, there's this stuff to do, and I'm excited to do it. And I have a, a kind of a, a a strategy in my mind to keep me involved in the game, and it's involved in it's it's just. I've cultivated the discipline of, of, of taking every thought captive to Christ and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you know, and, and thinking on those things which are good and true and positive and noble and wise, Philippians 4.8. And I know God wins in the end, so I'm living in the gnawing narrative. I have this mental strategy to keep my mojo up and keep me going, and usually it's more than enough. And I, I mean, ever anybody, ever anybody just always on the go. And right now, that positive strategy is just not doing much. Uh, honestly, it's, it's kind of... And, and, and so now I'm sleeping seven or eight hours a night. Shelly's like, what is wrong? This is like really weird. Um, and and what, when, when you sleep eight hours a day, it's, you know, there's four hours of the day that I don't have now. <laughs> how does anyone get anything done if you sleep? I, I don't, I don't know, how, how do you do that? But I'm sleeping eight, seven, eight hours a night, and... And I'm taking a nap on top of it, and I always take like 10, 20-minute naps, cat naps, you know, to get through. But now I'll sleep an hour, hour and a half. It's just like, what is going on? And some of that's physical, I'm sure, recovering. It's probably, probably recovering from PSTD, from having to extract that stupid stint. That, I need therapy. But uh, uh, yeah, so, it, it, and even when I'm awake then, I, I, I'm feeling unfocused, unproductive. I just sort of like, it's just a, like a kind of a fog of, of sorts. Um, and then David's message came last week. I, I, I initially thought that was such a well-crafted message, so well-delivered. I thought, oh, people need to hear this. This is really good. Uh, and it wasn't until maybe midweek, as I'm sitting in this flatness that I'm in, that I began to realize that that message isn't just good for people. That message is good for me. It's necessary for me. I'm in the crosshairs of this thing. It applies to me. And... Um, and so I was supposed to speak this week on Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20, and talk about the hope and all of that, which I could do because our hope doesn't depend on how you feel. It's the truth whether you feel it or not. But I, I shared with the team that, that uh, uh, I'm not really there. David's message kind of stopped me in my tracks, and, and, and I'm kind of still hovering in this lament. That's what his message was about, lament. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, and, 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 and I'm just feeling flat. I'm just in this kind of blah stage. And to their credit, the team, we've always had this policy that we've got, we're going to be totally honest. We're not going to have no pretense allowed on this pulpit. So if you're flat, then you be flat. And, and if, 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 you're, if you're feeling like you're supposed to hover in the lament stuff, well, then hover in the lament stuff. Just be real. And so that's kind of what I'm going to do here today. All right? This is not your normal message. If you're visiting for the first time, don't judge all Willing Hill's messages based on this one because this is different. Usually we crack open the Bible and teach from the Bible, right? And that's, 99% uh, of our messages are like that. But once in a while, I think it's, it's incumbent on kingdom people, and kingdom leaders anyways, um, uh, to teach not by cracking open the Bible, but by cracking open your life and, and showing how the Bible applies to it, how a lesson applies to it. Uh, it's a good practice because I think kingdom leaders are called to model uh, getting all your life and worth and significance from Christ. And if you're getting all your life and worth and significance from Christ, then you're not getting it from how together you have it and how you impress people with your spirituality and how you impress people with your maturity or whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's pretense. Now, we can be honest here because all of our identities are found in, in Christ. And, and, and so uh, it, this gives a chance to model vulnerability. 
uh, which I think is a, a requisite in, in, in the body of Christ. So, so in, in this message, basically, I'm going to crack open my life a little bit and talk about how David's message applies to my life. And in doing that, I'm inviting you to consider how it might apply to your life. I'm going to just basically hover on that message last week. So I'm entitling this message, Lamenting A to Z, for reasons that I think will become clear later on. And basically, this whole message is going to be about how I suck at lamenting. How's that? Come right up front. All cards on the table. I suck at lamenting. Here's the thing. So David spoke about And if you didn't hear David's message, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, it's, it's a great message. And if you did hear David's message, I go, encourage you to go back and listen again. The second time is the one that really got to me. Um, he talks about liminality. Uh, we are in a liminal situation when the old is gone and we don't yet know what the new holds for us. Uh, a liminal situation is this in-between time where the familiar is gone and old strategies aren't working and the old things you thought you could rely on aren't there any longer. But there's also nothing new to hold on to. You're, you're in this in-between space. Uh, you're in a liminal situation when you're off, your, your footing is not sure. Your, your confidence is, is gone. You're, uh, you're disoriented. You're just unsure of yourself. It involves the pain of the loss of letting go of the old, but also the pain of the uncertainty about what the future might hold. It's a painful kind of a thing. As David pointed out, we are right now in kind of a liminal situation with this lockdown, and we're slowly reopening with all the brouhaha that that's causing. But uh, the world basically is in a situation where we've had to let go of a lot of the old, a lot of the things that you thought were always going to be there, like baseball and, and, and kids' soccer and whatever. It's not there. All the familiar things that keep our life propped up are not there. But it's also the future is very uncertain, how this thing's going to go and uh, and for a lot of folks, it's, 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 you know, what job are you going to have? What kind of income are you going to have? How are you going to make ends meet? Are you going to be able to recover your business that got shut down? All sorts of uncertainty, all sorts of pain all over the place. And that's kind of where we're in, a liminal situation. And see, in liminal situations, as David mentioned last week, um, the prayer we pray is a lament. Lament is simply, you're in this in-between time, this painful time, uh, experiencing whatever you're experiencing, and, and the prayer we pray just expresses that, the pain of the in-betweenness. And that's called lament. It's the time to stop and to just feel the pain that you're in and express that before God. Offer it up to God. It's, it's, it, it, a lament is just a collective or individual ouch or an individual or a collective scream. Whatever's real, that's what gets projected. That's what gets sung. That's what gets said to God, whatever's real, we offer it to God. Now, the thing is, we don't like liminal situations because we don't like pain, duh, right? We, we don't like these things. We, all of us like to know what's going on, feel secure about things, be in charge, kind of have a, 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 a map of where things are heading. We don't like the uncertainty of things, and we love the familiarity of things, and when we don't have it, we, we, we want to avoid this, right? So as David points out, we've got all sorts of strategies. Here's one. Uh, you can numb yourself with positivity, exhibit A. Uh, you're just going to have your positive thoughts, your mojo strategy, and you just hit to it and just keep on going. And all that's true and good and wonderful, but that can be a way to numb the pain of lament, an avoidance strategy. Or some people numb themselves with distractions, social media or televisions or, or, or uh, 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 other people. Another way to avoid it is to get involved, as, he's, as David mentioned, in idolatry, in false hopes. You grab onto this ideology or this political movement or, or this politician or this conspiracy theory or whatever. That's a way to distract yourself from it. 
We have a number of ways of trying to keep ourselves from feeling the full force of lament. But see, the thing is, is, is throughout the Bible and throughout church history, God does some of his greatest work in these liminal situations. Uh, it's, it's precisely when we are, don't have it together, and we're not in charge, and we don't have a sure footing. That's when God can most mold us and shape us and form us and fashion us and, and heal us. Uh, it's, it's when we don't have our own strategies going on that now God can take his strategies and begin to mold it into us. Um, it, it's some of God's best time. But see, that, 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 that's a process. It's not a magic wand thing. Um, it's a process. And that process isn't supposed to be short-circuited. It can't be short-circuited. Um, the part of the message, I guess, last week that hit me the most is when David talked about the, uh, the acrostic form of three chapters in Lament. Uh, this is a, a, a form of poetry where uh, you start in the first verse with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, alpha, and then the second verse starts with beta, and it goes on down through the whole, through, through the whole alphabet, 22 letters. And um, I've always known about that and known that it was a mnemonic device or it helped folks remember things. Uh, you can memorize it easier that way. But David points out that there may be, I think there is, a deeper theological message to this A to Z thing. And that is that lament is something that you've got to do A to Z. It's the process. You've got to go through the entire process. And if we skip letters of that alphabet, because we want to get back to our positivity, or whatever other strategy we might have. If we, if we skip letters, well, we miss the opportunity to let God do what he wants to do in this in-between time. There's all this material that he could work with and wants to bring something good and beautiful out of it and deepen our relationship with him and all this if we'll just wait on this. But, but we miss that opportunity if we quickly gloss over the lament. Um, we also then, in the end, uh, it comes back on us. Uh, the thing is, is if you don't take the time to lament, uh, you start to accrue an unlamented pain account. <laughs> uh, it, it accrues. You're not dealing with the reality of stuff, and it comes back to bite you in other ways. And I think I, I can now say that I, the flatness I'm feeling, I think, is, is the result of this. I, as I listened to Dave's message, it was naming where I was at. I'm feeling this. That's why I feel flat. So here's where I crack open my life a little bit. Because I now realize sinner that I am, that, that um, I don't know if I've ever lamented A to Z. I, I, honestly, I don't know if I've ever... In fact, I'm pretty sure telling you I haven't. I've never had an intentional time where I'm going to sit and absorb this as much as I need to uh, and, and, and just let it saturate me. I, I don't do that. I've never done that. That's why I've never preached... I, I, I never noticed this either. I've never preached out of the Book of Lamentations, I don't think. I certainly have never preached a sermon on, on lamenting. It's because I, I don't do it well. I've never done it intentionally. And see, I now see that the reason why these, this kidney stone ordeal kicked my behind is because it wasn't really the, the kidney stones that did that. It, it, the kidney stones was the last in a long line of things, uh, of uh, unaccounted pain, of uh, unlamented pain that just has been kind of piling up. Um, David's message caused me to stop and pause and ask, myself the question, what letters of the alphabet have I left out in the lamenting process with regard to this lament and that lament and that lament and that lament? And as I step back and look at the whole thing, it's, wow, there's a whole lot of letters that I've been skipping. I don't go A to Z. I, 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 I go A, B, C, Z. 
Uh, we can skip over D all the way through Z. It's, it's, and I'm not going to tell you the gory details of all this, but the truth is that, that, to be honest, the last four years have been, Michelle and I, pretty challenging. We, we've taken some hits. I'll just give you a sampling of some of these. You know, four years ago, um, Shelly, around four years ago, Shelly unexpectedly lost her mom. And, and then following that, the next two years, there's four other uh, close relatives of hers that passed away. And then our beloved dog, uh, Max, we had to put down. Uh, I had a friend die of, of cancer and uh, had a niece who uh, died of drug addiction and suicide. And that's a lot of loss in a short period of time. Um, and then on top of that, we had other, other relational hits, relationship hits. It's, you know, uh, people divorce and wig out and things happen. And, and, and it just, we had a number of times where it's like, you think you can count on a person to be this, but instead they're this. Or you thought you had this kind of relationship, but it turns out you didn't. And I, I've had, in the last several years, uh, several young people that I just saw such promise and hope in. And I was excited to pour into their life and, 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 and start a, a dialogue working through theological issues. Because I know that if they're going to be future leaders in the kingdom, they're going to be re- wrestling with this stuff. And I thought we had this kind of understanding. And in several cases, these folks ended up walking away from the faith. And not only not telling me about the process, not inviting me in on the process by which they're doing that, but not even bothering to say goodbye. And I think it's probably the first time in my life I felt a sense of betrayal. And Shelly and I both have been dealing with this emotion of betrayal. Um, so there's been a lot of loss. And then we have friends who have also been going through really hard stuff. I mean, losing children and brothers and, and all sorts of stuff. And, and, and that also is, uh, I mean, we love these folks and, and, and you feel the force of that. So there's just been a tremendous amount of loss in a short period of time. And... and the, the folks that I do life with, we're not Pollyanna Christians. We're not, oh, let's stay positive. Everything's wonderful. We talk about everything. We're honest with stuff. We cry. We mourn. We process this stuff. But as I look back on it, we process I didn't go A to Z on it. I got to A, B, C, maybe occasionally get to D. But see, here's the thing. I, I, it's like I live in the long story. You know, we all take kids. Life is mortal. We're all going to die. And we all lose loved ones. That's part of life. And some folks have lost loved ones in much more tragic ways. We're, we're, we're fortunate to have it so, so, so light, right? So why spend too much time just wallowing on this? And, 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 and there's kingdom stuff to do. And there's exciting kingdom things to be a part of. And, and I need that positive mojo to keep on going with that. And I live in a long story, not a short story. Oh, sorry about that. And God wins in the end. And hallelujah, I just baptized the chair and all that. Hallelujah. There you go. So... All that is to say, this is what I love about live, is that we can't edit that out. This is, this is authentic. So there you go. I've got all that. So um, if I'm thirsty, I'll just lick my hand. How's that? Um, and so, so it's like I, I don't have the time to stop and lament doesn't give you energy. It tends to like it keeps you, it, it, it's, a, it's a downer, right? And so I don't have time. I do a little of that. Grieve, yes, and I thought it was done, but then you brush yourself off and, and get back into the game, right? Had a lot of loss that way. We uh, um, had family, extended family issues that we had to work through, and, and that's, that, that's been a drain. We've had some financial hits. I always thought that when you get in the 60s and 70s, those golden years, you're going to have a little bit more financial freedom and do a little more things that you wanted to do together and travel and whatnot. And just for circumstances, life happens, right? It doesn't look like that's going to pan out very well. 
Um, but you know, come on, I got my retirement coming, I got a mansion and glory, I'll be walking on streets of gold, what's the hurry, right? It's not a big loss, and most people on this planet never dream about a retirement anyways, and I never even believe in retirement. I just thought it'd be a little more relaxing, but poo-hoo, you know, it's, a lot of people have it so much worse that's not even comparable, and so I brush myself off and keep going, but I don't, I, I never stop to just consider the, the dreams that we might have to let go, uh, and the pain of that. Um, I go A, B, and then I go right over to Z. But the, part of the major issue, honestly, has been in the last four years, among all the other things, health has been like front and center. Uh, four years ago, my lovely wife, Shelly, um, uh, she grew out jogging with our dog, Max. Actually, I, I don't know if I would call it jogging. With Shelly, it was more of a waddle. I love you, honey. But, and she knows this. She has the most, I, I, she would, she would, she runs kind of like this kind of, it's a waddle. It's the cutest little waddle. She doesn't be able to, and, and it, it's so slow, I have trouble walking alongside of her to it. But it's beautiful, and she loved it, and it was great. Uh, and then her toe began to ache, and then there's arthritis, so she has to stop doing that. And it turns out then she needs a toe joint replacement, so she gets that. And then she's got to be on her, uh, off her feet for three months. Shelly doesn't do off your feet. Uh, she's a putzer. She's a doer. She's a fixer. She's always busy. She's always, she doesn't sit down well. I could, like, three months I'm off, that's fine. Give me a book and I'm good to go. But Shelly's not like that. So three months without being putsy is torture for her. And if it's torture for her, you know what it is for me. <laughs> if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Uh, now, who's got to be the putzer, pick your upper person? It's, it's me, but poo-hoo. Uh, see, so she's got that. Well, she finally gets back on her feet, but it doesn't improve. It actually gets worse and worse and worse, this toe of hers. So it finally turns out she needs, a, the, the thing got, got bad. She's got to get a new replacement put in there. But meantime, because of her funky walking, uh, she jacks up her arthritic knee, and now she's got to have a knee replacement, which she did. So in the span of two years, she has two toe operations and a knee operation, all of which require extensive time on her behind. And this is just not going to make for a very happy camper. But even more than that, the pain has not all gone away. And, and you begin to wonder, is it always going to be like this? Is this as good as it gets? This poor lady. And then, then just before the COVID uh, virus hit, Shelly is up getting luggage on a ladder, which she probably shouldn't have been doing, and she slips and falls, and she cracks her vertebrae. She has a cracked vertebrae, a serious injury. And now this poor lady's in a body cast. She has, has to wear this cast all the time. She just went to the therapist yesterday, and she's got to go for it another month. And the discouragement is just... But see, with this... She can hardly move without groaning. I mean, it, it, every now, every movement, and if, if she moves it in the wrong way, you hear about it. If you're walking by her house someday and you hear a scream, no one's getting tortured. It just means Shelly got off the couch, all right? It's, ah! it's, it's a constant thing. There's been a lot of loss, and, and it, it, it leaves you wondering, how much of this are you going to get back? Are we ever going to be able to go on a hike again or go biking together or kayaking or dancing? Are, are those things we have to now give up? At some point, we always knew we would, but come on, we're, it's too early. And it's kind of a despondency that can set in there. And I entered into that, and we've talked about that, and we've mourned that, but I don't think I've gone A to Z with that at all. Um, if anything, the, the, the onslaught of negativity, it, it activates me to go in a different direction. Oh, yeah, now more than ever, I need that positive mojo. Uh, now more than ever, we need to be thinking the long story, and these bottles are, bodies are just mortal, and they're going to break down, but someday we're going to have a resurrected body, and you'll be able to run again, and let's future pace that. And all, I, I, I'm in the positive zone because I want to be pulling this so I don't fall into the negativity of despondency that I'm afraid will happen if I let go of this thing. 
Meanwhile, I think Shelly sometimes felt like she was kind of alone in that. And I, I'm sorry, honey. I, uh, my intention was to help. I'm not trying to avoid any pain. I just want to help. And I, I realize I haven't done A to Z on that. In the meantime, on top of all this, this it's turning into a sad country western song. But uh, I've got my own physical issues going on the last four years. Four years ago, I, 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 could, I ran 10 miles out in the Swiss Alps. And I remember it so vividly because I, I mean, it was just so gorgeous, so beautiful. I felt so free. It's one of those peak experiences in life. Uh, but I, I think I remember it so vividly because even as I was doing it, I was aware that this is coming to an end. My knees were given out. Uh, it, it was getting to the point where I, I just couldn't sustain it any longer. The warranty wore off. And shortly after that, I had to give up running, which for me was huge because I've loved running. I, to this day, when I see a trail out going out in the woods or over some hills or whatever, the first thing I think about is how fun it will be to run over those things. I used to do that all the time. I ran ultra marathons, 50-mile I, I just loved it. I got close to God that way. It was just a cathartic thing for me. I just loved it. And to let go of that is, it, it, is huge. But I didn't let it be huge because there's positive things to do, and I need my mojo to keep on going, and I'll be able to run fine when, when the kingdom comes in fullness, so you brush it off and go on. I tried to pick up race walking for a little bit. I thought, hey, I'll, I'll be good at this, because I got this marathoning background, you know? I got good endurance, so I was thinking, hey, you get some age group records, so... And I've always needed competition to, to really just keep me pushing myself. I don't do it for the health of it. And so I thought this was a good competition. But every time I got in shape, something would break. Something would go wrong. Stupid stuff. And then last year, I ended up having this major back problem, which for me just said, yeah, yeah, this body isn't the kind of body I should be pushing to the extreme anymore. I'm taking it. Uh, I got to learn to, to live in, in, in moderation there. So that, that, that takes the competition off of, uh, of the plate. Um, and then I'm just in the process of recovering the back, going through all my core strengthening exercises over a period of six months, getting right back there. And that's when Shelly then breaks her back. And then COVID sets in, and then I get kidney stones. So the last four weeks, you've had two old people who are decrepit. Shelly can't get off the couch because they got her body braced on and can't move without grunting. I can bend over at least, but I, I grunt doing it all the time. And then you get kidney stones on top of it. It's not been the happiest household in the world. It's been... <laughs> Oh, so much noise. Uh, our, our dog's starting to wear earmuffs just to block us out because it's just too much grunting. It's entirely unacceptable. Um, so that's come to speed on my country western song. I, I, all this time, we, we were real, no hiding here, no trying to be Pollyanna. And there's moments of sadness where I let myself be sad. And I thought that was what lamenting was. But never did I intentionally stop and just sit and let's, let ourselves feel the loss. Uh, feel that, and, and, and in the context of being held by God's love, express the pain of that loss. So I hear the message last week about the need to lament A to Z, and I just realized, man, I'm tired. It's been a long four years. Uh, it's just a lot of little hits, you know, every one of them, it's like, okay, I can take that, keep moving, I can take that, but then you stop at one point, and you look down, and you realize you're bleeding all over the place. You've had a lot of hits. And you haven't been doing due diligence on making sure that they get healed. In a, time, in a liminal situation where you're letting go of a lot of old and you're not sure what the new, new, new holds for you. And, and folks, the aging process is that. Okay, you'll find out. Young folks, you'll find out. You'll have your day. Don't you laugh at us old folks here. You'll, you'll find out. But, but it, 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 it's this liminal situation, letting go. And in this in-between stage, it's so important to stop. To stop and feel. Get real, what is real, and grieve 
and express. And that, folks, is lament. That's what, lament. And let God do what God wants to do in the midst of the pain. Don't be in a hurry to get out of it. You just, no, no, it's not a stopping point. For Christians, lament is not a stopping point. Don't ever think you're going to live there. That will turn you into a perpetual victim. That's not living a, a victorious life. There is a, there's a, and I'll say this more about this in a second, but there's a strong, that positive stuff, there's a strong place for it, a need for that. We're already living in the hope and living in truth and, and all of that. But for everything, there is a season, and there is a season to stop, to shut up, and just be, and to be held, and to be real, and tell God what is real. And that is what lament is. And you give God a chance to do some things. Here's one thing I, I, I came to know as I've been doing this lately, is that, um, and I, the whole idea of, of, of you know, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are good and noble, think on those things, Philippians 4, 8, that is so true. Have your mind conditioned on what is true and to live in the future narrative, that's so good. Mental discipline being transformed by the renewing of your mind is so crucial to, to kingdom life. Absolutely. But I now see that as important as this is, it's foundational to everything. That positive mojo thing, I'm not, I, I, I encourage everyone to develop that, live in that narrative. But there's a time and season for everything. And God never asks us to be thinking truth in a way that negates the reality of, of the situation we're in. God only deals in one commodity, and that's reality. And, and yes, this is all true about who we are in Christ, and that God wins in the end, and live in the long narrative. All that's true, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and greater is he that's in us, and he that's in the world, on and on and on. Know that stuff. Think that stuff. But this is also real, and you've got to deal with this real. And as we give God this real, the ugliness, the pain, maybe the confusion, maybe the anger, maybe the despair, whatever it is, you give it to God. That's when you give God a chance to work. Bring good out of that and, and, and to shape you. One of the things I've seen just in the last several days is that I, I never saw, as true as this is, this, this, this positive mojo and transforming of your mind, it can be a positivity number. It can be dysfunctional. In fact, in my case, I, I now see why I'm good at this. I, I'm good at plowing forward with positivity because it's what I've always done. It's all, and some of you know my whole story and I can't go over it now, but, you know, growing up in a home with an abusive stepmother and it's chaos all the time, I just learned how to manage pain. In fact, how to turn off pain and how to just keep on going. And so mom can beat the crap out of me, but I'm not going to give her the pleasure of seeing a tear. No, not me. I'm the comeback kid. I'm the invincible guy. I keep going. I'm strong. And the family blows apart and other people are melting down, but not me. I don't miss a beat. I keep on going. And see, that's part of what God's been healing me from, but I now see how you can take something so true and important, like being transformed by the renewing of your mind, but if it's, even that can be held in an imbalanced way and can, can become dysfunctional if it becomes a means by which you negate the pain of the reality of where you're at. And I, I honestly, I don't know how to hold this together because I've never done it very well. I, I don't know how to balance this. Well, how do you know when it's time to move into hope and start thinking those positive thoughts again and whatever? I don't know. I don't have any rules on this. I'm, I'll tell you when I find out. I do know that one indication, one thing is that when this is no longer working, it's time, to, it's time to rest. It's time to stop. It's time to feel. The thing is, is that God loves you and God loves me, all of me and all of you. Um, and that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because God loves the real you, not some artificial, hypothetical, idealized version of you, but you as you are right now. He loves the you that you're going to become, but he also loves the you that you are right now. And he loves working with you as you are right now. But that's why he wants all of us, the whole reality. 
the reality of the pain of our losses. That's not a sign of spiritual immaturity. It's a sign of spiritual maturity when we can trust God's character enough to give him the pain of our losses. Uh, and that's what we're doing in lament. We're just saying, God, here I am broken. Here I am angry, confused. Here I am in pain. Here I am in despair. Take me. Because that's what's real. And that's what God loves. It gives God a chance to work with us. And we're not developing a an unlamented pain account that we're going to have to pay for later. Now, I'll share with you my, one of my fears about this that I've had to struggle with. I have to struggle with all those voices that says, oh, come on, grow up. Uh, people have it much worse than you. Who are you to come? I, I, I got to silence those, and I bet some of you do too. Um, look, your pain is your pain. It, 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 there's not a contest here. Just because it's like if someone cuts off your toe, it doesn't medicate or make you feel any better that they say, hey, at least it wasn't your head. No, it's your toe. Thank God it wasn't your head. And other people do have their heads cut off. But you've got a toe to deal with, and that pain is real, and God wants that pain. And so I've had to get out of this comparison thing. Oh, poo-hoo, poor you. Think of all the people who have got it much worse. Yeah, there, are, there is that. And there's this time in, in growing where it's good to step back and, and, and look at how much you have that maybe others don't have. So you give thanks for it. There's a time and place for that. There's a season for that. But not here. Not, not in the lament. You get to have your pain. Oddly enough, that's a revelation. <laughs> you, your pain counts. You get to be illegitimate. Just because it doesn't match up to the worst case scenario on the planet doesn't mean that's illegitimate. Uh, my fear is that if I let go of, of, of the positivity, I might fall into a vortex of, of pain. That, what if I can't get out? I get, the picture I get of myself is I'm climbing this wall, you know, and I, I can do all things you're crazy. It strengthens me and I've got my strategy to, to get out of this pit here, but there's always this force of sadness pulling down, and I'm trying to like, stay positive going up, and at some point, this is what the message last week did for me, God says, we just let go. Let go and fall back, which means you have to trust God. You have to trust God. I, he'll hold me. He'll hold me. He'll keep me from falling. I, I won't get subsumed in this vortex. I, I, I said, somebody wonders if I let go and, and let myself actually feel all the pain, what if I never get the mojo back? What if it knocks me flat? And that's where I got to trust God. I got this, Greg. You can fall in my arms. There's a picture that I've always loved by Catherine Brown. I, can, can we show it here? It's of Jesus holding a little lamb. And it's based on, on, on Luke 15 where it says the good shepherd goes out and searches for that one lost sheep. And it says that when he finds that sheep, he puts it on his shoulders. It mentions that. The shepherd would have done justified saying, hey, stupid sheep, walk home on your own. You got yourself lost. But see, he knows that sheep is scared and tired, so he picks it up and puts it on his shoulder. And uh, that's an image of, of, of hell that I, I'm holding on to right now. I'm held. I'm held. And it's because the love that holds me is greater than any imperfection and sin brokenness in my life that I can trust. I can, I can trust this. He, he's got me. It's, it's, it's the confidence in God's unending, unwavering love that holds us, that embraces us unconditionally. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. There's nothing you can say or do that's going to change any of that, all right? And, and that's what gives us the space to be real. Because God doesn't award point merits based on how together you have it or whatever. We can be absolutely real. And that's what lament is. And in doing that, we give God a chance to work on our life to redeem it, to bring about healing, and to bring about he, uh, wholeness in our life. I, can, I, I have to just trust that when A to Z is done, and I don't know where Z is. And Shelly said to me the other day, what if you have a long alphabet 
or, or you ran out of Z's and you, you go back. But, but I don't know how long this goes, but I have to trust that it will come back. I have to wait on the Lord. The Bible talks a lot about that. Wait on the Lord. What I know is I can't try to get myself out of this because I'm good at that. I could do it. Well, I couldn't do it this week, but maybe next week I could if I wanted to. But I'm, I'm not supposed to. I got to let go of that and just be and trust that, that the tide will come in, that life will return. It will be restored. He's got me. He's got you. He's holding you. And so let me just ask this question here. Um, what about you? Have you uh, taken hits that maybe you haven't given yourself time to go A to Z with? You know, let me start with this lockdown here. We, we talked about the pain and what we miss here. And have we let ourselves uh, really absorb that? Do we really feel that? Part of my head says, well, why would you want to do that? It just sucks energy and you need positive energy to keep on going. But it's so important that we let ourselves do that. Don't live there. No, we live in hope, not lament. But lament isn't a little town you can breeze through. You, you've got to take your time going through it. So the pain of not seeing your grandkids. I've got a granddaughter I've never yet held. Uh, I need to feel the pain of that. Let me still feel the pain of that as I'm being held in the, the, the love of God. Have loved ones that you've missed, maybe loved ones that have passed on. Did you give yourself the time to lament the loss of that? Um, the, the insecurity you're feeling with finances, the job, the business, have you let yourself feel the pain of that fully? Or has the business of life caused you to brush yourself off and keep on going? And things here at Woodland Hills Church, the folks that I haven't seen for months and lack of embracing, have, I, have we let ourselves feel that? It's okay to do that. That counts. It's not, it doesn't rate real high on the world's problem of evil, but who cares? It's pain that we have, so it's pain that God cares about. Do you have a backlog of unlamented pain? Uh, have, have you, did, you, did you give yourself time after the divorce to fully feel that and offer it to God? After the loss of a loved one, did you give yourself time to fully feel that? When you felt betrayed by somebody, did you, did you let yourself feel that and express that to God fully? Or did you rush out of it? Or the pain of maybe dreams that you've had to let go of. Or just the disappointment in your life. You know, you thought your life would be this and now it's turned out to be this. And that, that's painful. Admit it. Be honest. And offer it to God. Now, you don't want to live there. But, but, but you got to go through that town of lament, A to Z, before you, you move on. Or maybe you're among us, who, some of us who have had to say bye to some health things. And you don't know if you'll ever be able to do that walking again or running again or biking again or whatever. You might have a voice in your head that says, oh, poo-hoo, some people can't walk at all. Why are you complaining? But you get to have your pain. And you need to have your pain. You need to own it and express it to God. In an uncertain future, have we offered it to God? So what I'd like to do here is this. I'd like to just take a moment, ask the Spirit to reveal to you maybe areas where you have not gone A to Z and you need to. And, and envision yourself being held in, in, in God's loving arms as you just own that and feel that and express that. This is a song that Ruth is going to do for us. It's called Held. And uh, just listen to the lyrics that it minister to you and be held in the love of God as we hear the song. Two months is two Take a child from his mother while she prays. 
told us we'd be rescued What has changed and why should we be saved From nightmares We're asking why this happens to us Who have died to live It's unfair This is what it means to me Thanks so much for that, Ruth. Uh, I, I should let you know that I, the song came to Shelley on Thursday night, and on Friday I called and I thought we could maybe play it, and they said, no, you copyright issues. And so I called up to Ruthie and said, hey, can you play this song? Do you know it? She goes, no, but I'll do it. And so I just really appreciate that kind of spirit. Oh, it's beautiful. You're held. You're held in the love of God, and there's nothing you're going to do to get unheld. So just be held. And, I, and by reading this. It's the same benediction that David read last week, but I think it's just so perfect. Uh, and so just receive this. And I want you to know that, that uh, as we're closing, uh, 
our prayer team is open if you have any need that could use prayer. And maybe this is the thing where you, you've realized that you've been skipping some letters of the alphabet. Uh, get online and, 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 and pray with our folks. They'd love to minister to you. This is by Jan Richardson. I know how your mind rushes ahead, trying to fathom what could follow this. What will you do? Where will you go? How will you live? You, you will want to outrun the grief. You will want to keep turning toward the horizon, watching for what was lost to come back, to return to you and never leave again. For now, hear me when I say, all you need to do is to still yourself, is to turn toward one another, is to stay. Wait and see what comes to fill the gaping hole in your chest. Wait with your hands open to receive what could never come except to what is empty and hollow. You cannot know it now, cannot even imagine what lies ahead, but I tell you the day is coming when breath will fill your lungs again as it never has before and with your own ears and you will hear words coming to you new and startling. You will dream dreams and you will see the world ablaze with blessing. But you've got to wait for it. Still yourself. Stay. Love you guys. Love what God's doing here. God bless you. Be held. A to Z. Bye.